0: There are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to vision.
1: However and wherever you listen to vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, our first one for the year, Greg Bondar, the Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT, joining us. Hello, Greg. Happy New Year. Welcome along.
0: Yeah, good morning, Neil. Happy New Year to you as well.
1: Greg, first update of the year. Let's just draw attention to what has happened in Brisbane, uh, that dreadful tragedy, allegedly a 17-year-old teenager The hit and run it highlights the urgent way that this idea of zoe's law is applied Uh, you've been thinking through the issues here and different states have different levels of zoe's law but uh, give us some insights into what all that means and how it might apply in this situation in queensland
0: yeah thank you now look this is a real tragedy and and in talking about this topic, Neil, I think I want to talk about the issue rather than the person or the person. I mean, it's a tragedy, and and in in our view uh, it's a triple fatality. Um, If you are a Bible-believing Christian, then life does begin at conception. Now, this is so interesting because Fred Nile, back in August last year, introduced the Zoe's Law Bill, uh, which was knocked back by the New South Wales Parliament. Subsequently, uh, the Premier introduced an exposure draft called the Crimes Legislation Offence Against Pregnant Women Bill 2020, on which, uh, you know, a submission to being accepted at the moment, but end but tomorrow. The issue here, Neil, is that Fred's law wanted to, Fred, uh, Zoe's law by Fred Nile made the point that any harm done to the destruction of an unborn child was a criminal offence. Under the proposed law in New South Wales, It's only a grievous bodily harm, which is just unacceptable because Queensland actually has fetal criminal laws. So it will be interesting, Neil, to see whether the police will actually use that law to incriminate the person that committed the offence the other day.
1: Uh, Greg, from my understanding, the Queensland law has been in place for as long as since 1997. So it's, uh, it's one of those laws, no doubt, that doesn't come into force uh, very often But when there's special circumstances. But if that law still stands today, wouldn't we be expecting the Queensland government to be enacting that law when it comes to uh, situations like the one that's unfolding in Brisbane right now?
0: Absolutely, Neil, from, from both a, from both a um, legal point of view and a an moral point of view, the police would want to and should make sure that the fetal criminal law uh, is applied in this particular incident, Neil, because otherwise, you know, we're overlooking another death, the unborn child.
1: And uh, th- this is so uh, powerfully interesting and important because uh, this is a scenario that divides pro-choice or pro-abortion from pro-life. And uh, here, as you say, Greg, as Christians, uh, we recognise that uh, life starts at conception. Personhood starts at conception. And so uh, for us, there's no big deal at all. But for people who have their head in their sand uh, when they're on this pro-abortion side, it throws a spanner in the works. And uh, and in actual fact, uh, it's very, very hard to argue with that idea that that little baby in the womb is a person.
0: Yeah, Neil, I have to give you one quick incident. Um, I was meeting with a New South Wales politician last year and I said to them, why did you knock back Zoe's law? Fred and I had the intention of making sure that the unborn child was protected. And I said to them, look, I became a granddaddy last year under the COVID uh, environment. I, I love my granddaughter at the moment. And then I said to this particular politician, Neil, what would be your opinion if your daughter was eight and a half months pregnant, and this incident happened, what would you do then? What would be your point of view? Guess what? Well, um, he uh, it, it couldn't give me an answer, because his view changed automatically when I gave him that scenario. In other words, you know, people are too quick to say, oh, yes, we don't want anything to do with Zoe's law and what have you. But in point of fact, now, us Christians, we need to protect the unborn.
1: It's absolute tragedy what has happened in Brisbane, the death of the mother and the father. And interestingly, and I've been watching news reports, you might have been watching them too, Greg, Mm -hmm. uh, when they're reporting on this issue, some are saying a man and a woman who were killed and others are saying a man and a woman and her unborn child. So even now, the media is having some confusion over how they think they should report it because there's an awful lot of pro-abortion in the mainstream media. So when you're listening to media reports, Mm. uh, good to be able to hear when the status of that unborn baby is given personhood. Yes, it was a third person who was involved in that. Absolutely
0: correct. And And again, I make the point scientifically, at conception... That child or that unborn child has a particular DNA, Neil. It's a person. So I'm pleased that God works in mysterious ways in the sense that, you know, this tragedy is a tragedy. But look, if it brings and highlights the fact that the unborn child needs to be protected then something good has come out but my heart and prayers have gone to the to the extended family of those people uh, because this you know this is a real tragedy in early, in in, in, any, in anybody's book
1: yes and there is a prayer point for everyone listening to our conversation mm. today of what's going on in the city of Brisbane where this tragedy took place uh, there mm. is an outpouring of grief there was a, mm. a vigil uh, yesterday evening the people putting uh, flower bouquets Mm. Uh, on a little memorial place there. Uh, Mm. Just a dreadful thing that has happened. Let's move on to something that is really quite related to this because when we understand that that personhood starts from conception, that babies in the womb are people too... Uh, personhood is really important when you start to talk about death tolls around the world and abortion figures and those sorts of statistics that can be gleaned from all around the world. And there's some update here because a lot of people will think there's an awful lot of people who have died from COVID in this past year (laughs) around the world, but uh, that's nothing compared to the number of abortions, Greg.
0: No. Look, interestingly, you know, I I did some research over the holidays, of course, but Neil, it's interesting that Abortion, not COVID-19, was the leading cause of death in 2020 with nearly 43 million killed worldwide. Now, the point we've got to make here is, Neil, that, that, that you know this is interesting from the point of view that according to the stats, quarter of all pregnancies worldwide, 23%, ended in abortion. Uh, for every 33 live births last year, 10 babies were aborted. Now, this is crazy because what we're looking at is, you know, a, 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 a case where these people who are advocating abortion are overlooking the fact that, again, we, we, we talk about other alternatives. There is, there is um, things like adoption, which is so important. There are people lined up in our church who are wishing to adopt children. Children. Why don't we look at other alternatives? In Australia alone, in Australia alone, uh, it, it, it is it is uh, estimated that most or all pregnancies in Australia are unplanned. But half of those are terminated. Of all the unplanned pregnancies, half are terminated. Now that's a tragedy again, Neil. It's a real tragedy because um, it, it it's telling us that one quarter, between one quarter and one third of all Australian women will experience abortion in their lifetime. I'm saddened by that now.
1: I think we're all saddened by that when you start to talk about the raw data. These are the statistics. This is the reality. And as you say, Greg... Abortion, the leading cause of death in the world in 2020. Uh, the leading cause of death, that's higher than all of the other diseases yeah. that we all think yeah. are so dreadful. And mm. abortion is way, way up there. And uh, that's not even getting into uh, all sorts of other problems that are created uh, by that, including issues around immigration that Australia mm. is now struggling with because we don't have immigration mm. uh, replacing uh, those workers uh, for the future. So uh, interesting yeah. questions around that for the future as well but let's move on uh, over the past year we know there's been upheavals uh, in nations all around the world and now there's some striking findings uh, from last year the impact on faith communities uh, greg what are your thoughts on this look very quickly
0: isn't it interesting that you know in 2020 if we recap on what's been happening there's no question that the corona pandemic has affected the way we go to work school our church and how we even socialize but just want to point out a couple of things that have come out out of 2020. The first thing is that uh, since the Great Depression, most young adults are now living with their parents again. Now, that's interesting from a biblical, traditional family's point of view because there's no doubt that uh, Scripture tells us that the priority is God, spouse, children, parents, extended family, brothers and sisters in Christ, and then the rest of the world. So it's interesting that out of all this Tragedy. There is a move towards the traditional family becoming more significant. But not only that. In China, it's interesting there where they're closing churches, jailing pastors, and even rewriting scripture. They're trying to translate uh, the, the Bible to 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 coincide with uh, the commonalities with socialism. So, out of all this, we see that that's another highlight of 2020. But more importantly for Neil, and I think we've got to look at this really carefully, the US elections, now, I don't care whether you're a Trump or a Biden supporter, the issue I want to talk about here is that we have to be so careful, not only as Christians, but as general uh, conservative voters or or people that are conservative uh, in their outlook on social issues. The media and social media have actually threatened our free speech. In other words, they've censored political And Christian viewpoints on which they don't agree with. Now, that we saw with Trump, we saw with the Christian evangelicals in the U.S., and we're seeing it here in Australia now. And we've got to make sure that we we avoid these sort of um, issues coming to the fore here in the coming year.
1: Well, I do note there's actually a number of nations around the world uh, where their leaders are being quite outspoken right now with regard to the way that big tech is uh, now actually dictating what governments will do and, uh, of course, uh, very left-leaning and uh, very dangerous. People are talking about the sort of conditions that are created around the world right right now as so similar to things that were developing in the lead-up to World War II. Uh, There are some very, very serious, serious and significant things when big tech has the same power that national leaders have and uh, certainly want to watch that space hey let's talk uh, when it comes to this uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, people concerned about uh, what is the spiritual implication here? Uh, how can God allow uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic? Is this the end of the world? Are we being punished for our sins? These are the sorts of questions too have come to light in this sort of research survey, Greg.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting. Just out of uh, and as you know, the the survey from uh, the Barna Group here in the U.S. One of the things that came out of uh, out of the uh, 2020 pandemic was that. A survey asked, do you think the Bible or politics should be the the, the priority when considering uh, issues and policies to do with the nation or individuals and what have you? And it's interestingly that 68% of people surveyed said that the Bible should be uh, preferred over the will of the government where there is a conflict between the two. Now, I've always made that point that, you know, you support government. You look at Romans 10 or whatever. You support government up to the extent that it conflicts with your faith and belief. So interestingly, while there's no mention of Bible, God or Jesus or Christianity in the U.S. Constitution, Australia's Constitution, as you know, the preamble says we refer to the almighty God. So interestingly on how Bible and church and state, again, are coming to the fore as the Biden presidency takes Take um,
1: over. Interesting, isn't it, Greg? When you take God and the Bible and uh, you recognize that those are coming from outside of our existence, we talk about a transcendent God, we talk about yeah. a revealed truth, uh, the revealed law that came in the Old Testament, the developing of the nation of Israel, uh, Jesus, and uh, the uh, way that things are outworked as a result of the influence of God on law. Uh, then, you know, you can't actually have, uh, this is, you know, this is a really big uh, discussion Mm -hmm. and we're only just touching on it here, but you can't actually have a peace between parties unless there's an external mediator. And when you've got the transcendent God as mediator over what is right and wrong in the law, Mm -hmm. then you've got the capacity for peace. But as people are leaving God out of the picture... Uh, We're seeing conflict rising right now, and uh, without God, the conflict is inevitable. So challenging times ahead if people leave God out of this. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Greg, great getting your insights once again and uh, picking up on some pretty important issues today. Mm. I do want to point people to the website uh, where you can get some detail, some resources, inspiration from Family Voice Australia, the website is familyvoice.org.au. Just before I let you go, Greg, any particular campaigns you've got coming up at the start of a new year?
0: Oh, we certainly have a game. I'm just about to put in a submission to New South Wales government on Zoe's Law. Uh, that ends tomorrow. If anybody else wants to go into the New South Wales government website, they can put in their comments. We need something like Zoe's Law. Euthanasia is going to hot up here. As you mentioned, South Australia and uh, is, is in trouble. With, and Victoria, with the conversion therapy legislation, you know, I keep saying now, and I'm doing some preaching on Galatians 1, 1 to 10, you know, who are we trying to please, Neil God or man, and we've got to bear that in mind as we go out in the public
1: arena. Well, uh, Greg, great getting some insights from you and uh, the first of many updates we'll do through the coming year, familyvoice.org.au and uh, you can check out some of those campaigns and the resources to understand what's developing in Australia right now. Greg Bondar, thanks so much for your update today on 2020.
0: Yeah, thank you, Neil, and God bless.